Welcome to the REM Breakdown. Hey, it's JD here, and I'm joined as always by Rico Borrego to discuss the work of influential American band REM. Every week, we'll explore a different song in the band's catalog, working through the discography in chronological order to better understand just why this four piece is considered so seminal, innovative, and downright awesome. So there's that. Talk to me, Rico. How the hell are things going over there? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I, you know, I really shouldn't complain uh, to anybody other than my psychiatrist. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll spare you. <laughs> so today we are uh, flipping the page on the hip tone era <laughs> of of REM, and we are moving to the IRS era, uh, where REM will live for the next uh, about six or seven years. And they started that journey with an EP called Chronic Town, and we're going to cover the first track off Chronic Town today, uh, Wolves Lower. What are your initial thoughts on Chronic Town, Rico? Chronic Town... I okay going back once I heard the band and I was kind of basically going from their most recent album all the way back to the beginning. I thought I was going to have a mixed bag opinion on it. I thought it was like I thought I was going to be a little bit like, oh, I don't love the production, or maybe I don't think the songwriting's as tight. But I actually think for a debut EP, I, I don't know if there's a band that has a better debut EP than them. Oh, like, wow. That's I a mean, if challenge. we're, if we're not talking about like albums, but like, you know, when a band releases something before an album, like their first right. studio album, I don't know if you get any better because I mean, this has some of their, you know, I think some of their best early songs. Yeah. I would, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, only five songs. So, I mean, but the, especially these first three, I mean, I, I think they're gold. I think they're gold. On the Chronic Town side of the album. The other side yes. of the album is called what? Posters Torn? Post yeah, Poster Torn. And that's Poster something, Torn. I think they did that for almost every I think there's one or two, maybe after Warner Brothers, where they stopped doing that. But yeah, they would always have first side of the LP name something and then the other side name something else, which I loved. I don't know. I don't know if any other band really did that. I've seen a couple bands do couple. it, but not consistently. Not yeah, not like every release. But yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now, and I yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> and you know maybe it should be pointed out too that they were a band that never included the lyrics up until I think Green was the first time they included any lyrics to any songs in like the the liner notes. Um, I have an original vinyl copy of Chronic Town. And he's holding it up right now. I'm jealous as a son of a bitch. The original IRS sticker on it and, and um, shrink wrap on it. And yeah, it didn't come with any liner notes, no lyrics. And I think that was definitely intentional. I think Michael's even gone on record saying the first couple albums, half the time he was just mumbling, coming up with lyrics. Yeah, I have it written down that the simple lyrics are more of a melodic soundscape. Yes. You know? Is sort of how he handles these uh, these lyrics. You can almost see him probably, 
you know, performing a song live and, and substituting words, you know, in some cases, but keeping that melodic vibe, you know, to, um, you couldn't change something as comp as, as, uh, recognizable as like housing order. You can change that, but some of his other lyrics, you know, you could probably, uh, fuck around with a little bit. Yeah, I he almost in the first couple of albums, he was almost just like another instrument almost. Like Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of playing counter melodies to Mike's bass line or or Peter's guitar, you know, chord changes, you know, like uh and I mean that that kind of stood true throughout the rest of their discography, but especially on these first couple albums. Uh and you know, this album has a somewhat, you know, this EP, I guess, uh has a somewhat interesting history um you know after radio free europe in 1981 their manager at the time jefferson holt he was like okay i think this band is ready for a bigger release but they decided not an album yet let's do an ep yeah and because radio free europe had some minor success for them um they caught the attention of irs Right. And originally, actually, the band was going to release the EP on their manager's self-run um, independent record, record label called Dash Hopes. Oh, so it was never going to be part of Hip Town? Originally, no. Like, oh, wow. He, the, the manager was like, you know, I, ha- I started my own record label and, you know, we could put it out on there. But then IRS was like, oh, yeah, we love Radio Free Europe. And, you know, that they made IRS. Play pretty influential just a handful of the bands that they that they had on their roster the go-go's the fall the bangles concrete blonde black sabbath fine young cannibals gary newman oingo boingo just to name a few you know it kind of makes sense you naming those bands because i feel like rem and those other bands have kind of similar things um in common you know they share some dna yeah they, they their sound they're kind of all of those bands I felt like at the time sounded new and fresh. Right. And, you know, IRS, they, the band went into um, a studio called The Drive-In. That's right. Yeah. And. Um, it's in Salem, North Carolina. Yep. And they recorded these songs. And actually the original track list had, instead of the song we're talking about today, Wolves Lower. Originally had the songs Ages of You and then a an unreleased song called Jazz Lips, which yeah. I just this morning decided to see if I could find it and I found it on YouTube. You did? I it's on YouTube. I wow. don't know if I'd recommend listening to it because whoever uploaded it, like I I don't know if it was recorded this way or if this is just the only way this person could upload it to YouTube, but it sounds terrible, like the mix. Oh it just it sounds if you thought Radio Free Europe, the hip tone version sounded like a little muddy, like this is just almost unlistenable. Oh, wow. Um, but, and, and it also just sonically sounds the most out there compared to these other songs. It has a lot of like bleeps and boops on it. Huh. Like some keyboard parts and some looping. And yeah, it's, it's weird. And actually, I think one of the best things IRS did was uh, two of the guys from IRS were like, yeah, we, we think this EP would be better if you took off Ages of You and Jazz Lips and include Wolves Lower. That's right. And, but we need you to slow it down a little. 
because yeah, just you need to re-record it. <laughs> just like with Radio Free Europe, they're like, it's it's a little too fast. Yeah. Um have you heard the original? Yeah, and it, it it is a little faster. Okay. But I mean, other than that, like everything's pretty much the same. I think there's even less differences with those two than with the two versions of Radio Free Europe. Well, talk about a Herculean task as well. They went into the studio like a mere two months before the EP was released. They went in in June and the album was released August, what, August 24th, 82. And they went into the studio in June to do this re-record. Uh, that's, you know, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. And um, it's to Mitch, Mitch each Easter, the producer, he was like, this was kind of the, the band's first time in a proper studio. And even though he said the studio setup was very simple, he was like, "That's right." This was their first time being able to experiment with recording and and different, um, you know, the mechanics when it comes to recording. Yeah, and we'll get into some specifics once we talk about the actual songs, uh, some of the recording techniques that they did, you know, uh, that they did uh, use, and um, we'll get into that a little bit more after we listen to Wolf Slower. Anything? What else do you have? You know, I I think just for the EP itself, I I want to say that's that's probably it. I mean, it was successful for the band. Um, I know the EP is a fan favorite. Yeah, like people consider the EP as strong as Murmur or anything else the band did afterwards. Um, I think it stands up. Yeah, I think it sounds I mean, great. Forty forty two years old, for heaven's sake. Yeah, and I think it was, you were actually mentioning it earlier, a couple years ago, they reissued the album for Record Store Day on a picture disc. Oh, I thought, I I read it was a baby blue disc. Well, maybe there was, there might have been two then, because I've seen. It's a a numbered disc as well, like they're numbered up to 5,000, there was only 5,000 of them, because I was on Discogs trying to buy one, they're a little too rich for my blood right now. Oh, you know what? Okay, so yeah, in 2010, they did, you're, yeah, you're right, the the blue vinyl, but yeah. then I think just maybe two years ago for the 40th anniversary, uh-huh. they did the the full, the full-size picture disc where it's just the the gargoyle, the, the album cover. Okay. On the actual, and I've seen that at my record store, and um, I almost bought it, and then I <clears throat> went back a couple weeks later and got lucky and found the original i was like okay well if i had my pick yeah that's amazing well while you've got the vinyl in your hand what do you make of the album cover i i think it's really cool i mean it's it's interesting because you know with murmur coming up and we'll talk about that i'm sure on the uh, murmur episodes like i feel like it's a piece of the history of the band yeah like they i feel like a lot of their covers like I, there's actually a lot of covers where there's actually like a picture of one of the band members, but it's like blurry and yeah. you can't really tell who it is and stuff. Um, but then this one, it's just very, like, it's very simple. Like it's this, like, I have always thought it was like a gargoyle. Yeah, it is. It is a gargoyle from, and it's got a very Dom. interesting, like, like it's leaning, it's like head on its hand. Yeah. You know? it, it It looks, it's, there's a tragically hip song called Yawning or Snarling, and mm. it's sort of like that. The album yeah. the album reminds me of that. Like, is this a menacing gargoyle or is it a bored gargoyle? I don't know. <laughs> I love that comparison. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, and then, you know, the back cover here, you got the band. 
Yeah. They, I feel like this is the only other time this happens, I think, is on their last record where you have a picture of all of them on the cover. I might be wrong about that. I might be wrong, but I know there's others like Around the Sun. I think like Michael's in that, but it's blurred. Okay. Um, I know Michael's on like Document. Yep. Someone else is on Life's First Pageant. Um, but no, I love, and I, I especially love the color palette of this album. I mean, it's just, it's like black and I don't know what, it's like a, a bluish greenish color. Right. It, it's kind of the similar color that their in time album cover is the compilation one with the moon. Okay. So it kind of reminds me of that, which that was the first thing I've ever heard from REM. So I have special attachments to that. You definitely do. You definitely do. Hell and then yeah. of course the little IR sticker is cool with the with their logo with like the the business guy. The other thing that you pointed out to me that I think is fascinating about the album cover is the track listing. Do you want to go into detail oh, about yeah. that? Yeah. So um, on this track listing, the songs are not in order on the back. Like they're 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 not in order. Who does I mean, that? <laughs> the, and they're not. I'm looking at them. They're also <clears throat> they're not in alphabetical order either. I. I I think actually they're in order. If you look at it, they're in order from how long the song title is. That's what it looks like to me. It's making sort of a pyramid or almost yeah. like a Devo hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And like, and I know on their other albums, Murmur, A Lifeless Pageant, they're also not in a particular order. That's and I, so I, fucked. I think it took them, I don't even know when it was the first album where they actually were like listed one through whatever, you know? Right. Uh, and I, I think part of that was just like their kind of style. Like they're going to do things a little different. Absolutely. I don't know if they thought that was cool or if they were going to start trends or I, I probably think they didn't care. They're just like, we're just not going to do something the way that everyone always does it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. They're going to start like their own traditions. Well, should we give this tune a spin? Oh yeah. Cause I, I think there's a good amount to talk about with, with this first opening track. All right, well, let's do it. This is Wolves Lower. Check it out.
So that was Wolves Lower, the first track off of Chronic Town. JD, what do you think of Wolves Lower? Wolves, comma, lower. I guess we should have said that too. Yeah. The uh, song title is Wolves, comma, lower. Uh, well, to me, as, a, as an opening track, it's, it's both mysterious but inviting and lo-fi but experimental. Like, it, it's got a lot of ingredients here in front of you that don't necessarily go together but they they really just they really just work and you've got buck coming in with those arpeggios that really define the blueprint of rem songwriting almost through their career but definitely through the irs years you know this is this is sort of i'm going to use a term that uh i don't want it to be disparaging um, but it's like sort of the formula, you know, but it's, oh, yeah, it's, no. it's not of the formulaic in a bad way. It's just sort of, these are, this is what REM is going to sound like. And here it is. Yeah. It's, it's part of their trademark sound, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like this song even more so than Radio Free Europe, like, especially when you're talking about like Peter's guitar work, like he's doing the arpeggios 
but he like he's adding a little something else to it. Like I feel like he's he's really playing around the fretboard, and the riffs just have like a like he's like it's kind of got a menacing sound. The song is definitely darker than Radio Free Europe. Agreed. But you know, especially when you get like to the chorus of the song, it doesn't stay dark. Like it 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 opens up, and that's gonna it's hard for Mike. It's hard for Mike Mills to sound dark though isn't it oh yeah yeah when, you, when it comes <laughs> to his just, bass playing and and the and his you know vocals his, are just so oh yeah are so happy sounding always and uh on, on this song too i i believe you also get in the chorus um bill barry providing some backing vocals as well i did not I think, know that i think when when i listen to the song at least i think i hear mike pan to the left and and bill's vocals pan to the right Ah, yeah. I have to give that a better listen on my cans because I was I was also listening for those cricket sounds. Mm-hmm. Did you read about that? Uh, and the very last chorus, uh, if you really listen hard, when Michael's just doing the Oz by himself, you can hear crickets in the background, and that's because he went outside and recorded that last chorus outside at night where there was crickets. <laughs> That, and that's the kind of innovative stuff that they were doing with Easter, you know, um, just trying trying everything, throwing it to the wall and seeing what stuck. Because like you mentioned earlier, it wasn't an elaborate studio. So anything that they wanted to do sonically out of the norm, they had to think out of the box. Yeah. And it, it actually, I think all of it really works. And I don't know if it was their mindset that like, okay, this might be our only time. We, you know, we have a, we have a chance to record in a studio, you know, cause you know, not every band makes it. Good point. And you know, they, they sound hungry, which I'm sure there's a lame joke you can make with the title (laughs) wolves. Uh, I'm not going to make it, but like, you know, this song has as much as that same energy as the hip tone radio free Europe. Yeah. And it has like the same confidence. And like you said, it, you know, we don't really want to use the word formula because, you know, I, I do think that can make it sound like, oh, it, they're generic and they do the same composition over and over. And, and that's not true. And, you know, especially albums on the road, they, they really, you know, step out of the box. But absolutely. Um, you know, this song, like it's, it sounds totally different than Radio Free Year. But yeah, it has a lot of the similar things, you know. Arpeggios from from um, Peter, uh, Bill's drumming I think is like ex- extremely impressive on this song. Like his hi hat work at the in the intro, yeah. especially when Michael's vocals come in and he's singing "Suspicion Yourself." Like he's doing these like kind of complicated patterns, and then in that pre-chorus, like he's like double timing it on the hi hats and like it sounds great. It's so solid. Yeah, it might even be some of his best drum work, you know. Again, not to say that, like, you know, albums down the road, you know, he was playing less on the songs, but, like, there's something about this song in particular. And, you know, this song might probably be my favorite on the EP. Oh, I like Gardening at Night, but, but uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's kind of, to me, it's kind of a tie between those two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like there's there's not a ton of songs with this kind of darker energy that's fast. You get some darker REM songs down the road, right? But sometimes they're slower, you know, like a, you know, Odd Fellows or I remember California. Like those are a little slower. The darker this one's like dark and it's like fast. 
Yeah, it's so strange to have a dark, up-tempo song like that. Which, which is why I love a song like Accelerate, you know, way down the road that some people don't love, I've come to find out. Uh, and it shocks me because people love this song and I'm like, they have somewhere, but you know, th- that's for another episode. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really love everything about the song. Um, lyrically though, I, I've tried really hard to see if there's like a narrative to, to this song. And I kind of think we're there with Radio Free Europe. They're both kind of like, he's using some cool words yeah. and themes, but I don't really know if there is like an overall message. No, I I often call these like notebook songs, like where, you know, there might be phrases here or there that they incorporate, but there's no necessarily uh, connecting tissue um, to those phrases, you know? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of cool phrases in the song, suspicion yourself, um, in a corner garden. Like, what does that mean? But it sounds great, especially when Michael's like belting it out. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you catch, if if you've caught this, but like, when he sings in a corner, corner garden, he starts to sing the word garden and he kind of stops in the middle of the word and Mike finishes it out. Like he'll say yes. in a corner yes. car yes. and then Mike will go den. And Very it's cool. just cool. Like I, I can't think of a lot of bands who are that specific with their backing vocals. Well, again, like you said, they were, they were exploring this studio space. This was God, man, this was 18 months after they became a band. They're in a studio recording this EP. You're right. They didn't know they were going to make it yet or not. But to them, this was probably making it. This was probably making it at the time, right? I mean, this this EP moved 20,000 copies. That's that's not nothing. No, and it I think it definitely helped them uh, on the scene at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, I think Murmur even takes them farther, you know? But um and and one thing too, I do think Michael, even though, like you said, like a lot of these songs are kind of notebook songs, like he is starting to like connect things together a little bit. Um, the there's a phrase in the the first line of the song where he sings "Don't get caught," which is a phrase he also uses later on in this EP um, in Carnival of Sorts. Wow. Okay. And I and I don't know. Like you said, it could be something maybe he wrote down, he heard that phrase and liked it and just was able to put it in two different songs. You know, again, I don't know the meaning, you know, like the phrase wolf at the door, you know, like, you know, those are phrases, you know, I mean, like I can think of another song, um, the Radiohead song, wolf at the door. That's right. uh, You know, later on, um, um, Michael and, and Tom York become actually really great friends. Um, but yeah, like it's, I, I don't think these lyrics tell a story as much as conjure up these image imagery, you know, these images yeah, I that, can see that, that really fit the music, you know, Raider Free Herb's more of a fun, bouncy song. This one's darker and more like a, you know, it's a driving song. And I feel like, you know, the words that Michael is singing are just, they help get that the the message of the music across more so than create a message itself. Yeah, I think that's a good take. I think that's a great take. And, you know, this song, I actually started to appreciate it more. Um, a couple of years ago, I started listening to, they have a live album called Live at the Olympia. Yep. 
and where they they did a couple shows in Dublin and they were playing a lot of I mean they played they didn't play all of this uh, EP but they played Wolves Lower they played Guardian in a Night they played Carnival of Sorts and that version I really love that version of Wolves Lower um <clears throat> there's something about Mike's bass that I think is that's my only maybe small issue with this recording and like you said this definitely has more of that indie kind of sound when it comes yeah. to the actual production. But Mike's Mill, Mike's Mill's bass is, I think, mixed a lot better in that live album. It's just more upfront. And the only time that it really comes up front in this song is during that breakdown with the with oh, yeah. sort of those with those noises, those yeah. background, I don't even know what to call them, that soundscape that's going on. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I I almost totally completely completely forgot about the bridge. Yeah, this this bridge is like it's chaotic. It's really short. Yeah. Very. And um I know I think this kind of goes back again to what we were talking about with like the band just trying everything in the studio. And I know that Mitch Easter said that they or he was a fan of Kraftwerk, which is a band I don't know a lot about. Right. But I do wonder if some of that influence was kind of showing up on this album with some of their their choices like with that bridge like it's just these weird sounds like you said like i don't know if they're percussion sounds or if they're keyboards um but yeah it makes for a chaotic sound but like you said you get mike's like he's doing these like kind of pops on the bass that sound yeah. great yeah it sounds really cool but that wouldn't right. fit other anywhere else that, other than that you don't really hear you know and when it's a driving song like that Especially with the drum work, you would expect to hear, you know, sort of a counter from the bass, or not even a counter, but um, like a, a tie-in, you know, like yeah. to the bass or to the drums. But this and you one, don't he really just, get that. He, it's just more about like I think creating like a glue substance to the song with, especially, and I think that's because um, Bill's playing on the song is it's almost to me it's almost the highlight of the song. The the drums on the song. I think it needed Mike's bass playing to be a little bit more straightforward. Um, okay. That's... But I, if you do want to hear a, a great live version of the song, definitely check out Live with Olympia because the bass, they turn his bass up a little bit in the mix. And I think that makes the song just even slightly better than the studio version. Cool. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, where Where do you sit in terms of Mr. Fountain of Knowledge, where do you sit in terms of uh, Wolves Lower at this point? Um, well, I definitely think that the guys at IRS made the right call by yes. <laughs> yeah, and I and I love Ages of You. Um, I've in fact that I think is one of the highlights on Dead Letter Office, and that has its own cool story. We'll get to when we get to that album. Sure. But, um. From hearing the the small bit of jazz lips, yeah, I I think they made the right call. I think this is a great opener for the EP. I think like if I was, you know, if I was even the same age I am now, back in in 1982, listening to this for the first time, this song would draw me in. I would wa definitely want to listen to the rest of this EP and go, okay, what else is this band going to deliver? Because it's so exciting. Um, and I guess really quick in terms of of importance too this was actually their first music video that's right they recorded a music video for this that's even though right. the song wasn't really a single as far as i'm aware like this no this it's one EP of the longer songs on the ep as well like so it's sort of strange 
Yeah, yeah. So it's the second longest, and none of the songs were neat were a single, but they, yeah. And it's just as simple. It's just them playing the song. Um, you know, it's not. It's definitely doesn't get close to some of the other music videos that become iconic. That's right. But I do think it's important because I think music videos become important to the band later on in their career. Big time. Yeah. So but, it's cool to think that they were, they were, you know, on the bleeding edge of mm-hmm. making a music video for a, for an indie EP record on a small label. Uh, that's far out to have yeah. that kind of foresight, you know, like, Hey, this is, uh, they were, they were young and they were hip, right? They knew what was happening. Yeah. So maybe not this song, maybe in terms of like comparing it to radio free Europe, isn't as important to the career. I think it's, it's up there. And especially for this EP, I think this song is very important. And yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites from the EP. You're right. Guardian of Night, we'll get to that. I think that's a good st- song to make a case for being like maybe the best. But for me, this is also up there with some of my favorite work of theirs. Really, out of the whole IRS era. But yeah, specifically. That's heavy praise. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. When you just think of I, that catalog of IRS songs yeah. for you to single this one out. Wow. Yeah, I, and I don't know if it's because I just over this last week been listening to it for this episode, and yeah. I did a song write up not that long ago within the last year for this song on on the REM subreddit. But yeah, I, this song I've really been like, okay, yeah, this is actually way better than I ever thought it was. I think we should highlight that before we wrap up. We should highlight that if you are uh, into Reddit, uh, Rico does a weekly article for the REM subreddit. Uh, a song of the week and he does a really great job breaking down uh the songs both from a technical and emotional and lyrical perspective uh so check those out as well they're going to be a good supplement to this podcast at some point well thank you yeah and that they definitely have helped me um that one helped me for this song cool um, but i don't think i've done some of these other ones from this ep so i'm definitely going to be doing having to do some extra research here for these up upcoming episodes nice well that's what we've got for you this week uh on behalf of rico this is jd saying blink your eyes and we'll be back thanks for listening to the rem breakdown you can find more information at rembreakdown.com email us at the rem breakdown at gmail.com and hey we're social find us at rem breakdown Podcasts and such.